Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Um, who's all, who, who is awful at wrapping presents? I'm awful at wrapping presents. I'm no good at folding those dog ears in and doing, I can never, I don't know about you, I can never get the right amount of paper. Like it's like when I measure out the paper, I put the present, it seems right. And I'm always like either one centimetre short and I'm like now trying to bridge the gap or I've got enough paper that I affect climate change. Uh, it's like one extreme or the other and I'm trying to wrap them and stick it together. And, and, and then when I go to wrap the presents, it's like you can never find the sticky tape and the scissors. Who knows what I'm talking about? He might be like, get organised, but we put them in the same drawer, but it's at Christmas time, and we go, whenever we go to wrap a presents, the scissors and the sticky tape have disappeared. I reckon we go to heaven, there's an angel that's stealing everyone's sticky tape and scissors. I'm convinced. He has a lot to answer for. Has that, that happened to anyone else? And then, so you can't find your scissors, so you go and buy a new packet of scissors, except those scissors are wrapped so tightly that you've got to cut your hand in order to open the packet of scissors, and you're left thinking, I wish I had a pair of scissors. And so then you go to the sticky tape and all you can find is the sticky tape roll that is so, it has no dispenser. It's just got a little bit of sticky tape left and you spend 10 minutes trying to get the sticky tape off the sticky tape. And once you do, because you've got no scissors, you've got to use your teeth and now the sticky tape's all crinkled. And when you wrap the present, there's so much paper and there's blood on it from the scissors packet and the sticky tape's all wrapped up. And that's why I avoid wrapping the presents. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Which is why I let Shana do it. But thank God, thank God it's about the present inside, not the wrapping, because it wouldn't be, it'd be pretty ordinary if we had some amazing wrapping, but an average gift. It's what's inside that matters. You see, it's at this time of year, we've got to remember that there are gifts that are given and, and there's the most important gifts that can be given. I just directly wanna talk about that today. Something we get familiar with, something we know, but something I think we can't ignore on a day like this is that God's put a gift on the, each, on the inside of each of you and that we get to be the wrapping and the vessel that holds that gift. Paul says it this way. He says that we're like jars of clay. Jars of clay were, are pretty common, somewhat ordinary, not the focus, but instead there's a treasure that's on the inside. What is the treasure that's on the inside? Well, it's found in a, in a scripture that has a lot to do with giving and, and you've got to share the scripture this time of year. It'd be amiss of me not to, but it's a scripture so many of us know that we just think it's nice or we just repeat it or it's just poetic or it's almost a child's prayer, but it's the most important scripture anyone can hear. It's the most important message you could ever hear. It says this in John 3:16. It says, for God so loved the world. Not just loved people that were good. Not just loved people that had it all together. Not just loved people that were perfect. Not just loved people that turned up to church on a Sunday morning. That God loved everyone. That includes you today. You've got to know God thinks you're incredible. He loved the world so much that He, come on, that He gave. He gave His only Son. He didn't give what He had left. He gave His very best that whoever believes in Him, everyone say believes. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Our gift to people this Christmas, because there's gonna be a lot of things people want, but the thing people need is the love of Jesus. 
in this weird world in the last few years we've had in the tension that everyone's feeling and the wondering, are we gonna be able to see each other, not see each other and the tiredness and weariness. So there's something we need to be able to give this, this year. It has to be the love of Jesus. And the idea is that His love would not be hidden inside of you, but His love would be on display. And it's not that you, this, when I start to talk about sharing faith and showing people the love of Jesus, we start to think, I'm not a preacher. I'm not good at communicating. I'm I mean, imperfect people, this is the very point that God never wanted you to be perfect or to be just better. He actually said you were a jar clay, that you would be cracked, you would be broken, you would be common, that there would be something on the inside of you. There would be hope on the inside of you. If there is something our world needs right now, it's hope. If there's something our world needs right now, it's the love of God. It's the love of one another. It's kind people, patient people, generous people, and God wants imperfect vessels, you and I, to be people that don't only contain, but freely give the love and the hope of Jesus this Christmas to our family, to our workmates, to those we're doing life with. It's easier this year, to get this season, to get frustrated, to get annoyed with lines and traffic and family and people, but God's looking for imperfect people to show the perfect love of God to other imperfect people so they can have the hope we have. And the story of Christmas all begins with imperfect people that God wanted His goodness and hope to come through. So of course, the story of Christmas begins with Zechariah. Zechariah, who's Zechariah? I wanna show you as we go to the book of Luke, right at the beginning, God puts these two stories right next to each other that we're to compare and look at and contrast to see God is saying the same thing through two very different families. So it says in Luke chapter one, at the beginning of the Easter story, the Christmas story, it's all packed in there. Uh, at that, on, anyway, Luke one, six to eight says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. Go down to verse 11, it says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers. I tell you today, God's heard your prayers. In a year where a lot of people are wondering, has God heard your prayers? I'll tell you, God's heard your prayers. And because you haven't had the answer come through yet, doesn't mean God hasn't heard your prayers. I'll tell you, when you pray, no matter how holy or unholy you are, I believe God hears your prayers. Whether you hear a response or you don't hear a response, I believe God hears your prayers and He's closer than you think. He says, I've heard you, He's heard your prayers. And your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. The Christmas story starts with Zachariah and Elizabeth unable to have children and an angel comes and says, you're gonna have a boy and his name would be John. And the purpose of John was to point to Jesus. But then Luke telling this story very articulately, very intentionally, parallels it straight away with another story. Straight after this story, he tells the story of Mary. And it goes on in Luke 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So Elizabeth, who couldn't have a baby, 
Now is six months pregnant. The impossible's happened. She's too old and now she's pregnant. And it skips six months into the pregnancy and God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. We see these two stories, both have the same goal, to point to Jesus and to give Jesus. You see, an angel comes to both of these people with the same message and parallels now these two stories in Scripture to show you the same thing, that God wants to bring life through everyone. You see, if there is a time of year where people need life and people need love and people need hope, it's Christmas time. And people may want a lot at this time of year, but people need hope. People need life. People need grace. People need an assurance. People need to know that I was created with a purpose, that someone has a plan for my life, that despite my failings and my mistakes, I can have hope in God. I don't look to me. I can look to someone else that knows me, that loves me, that forgives me and has good for me and they'll find that in you. You see, these are two stories of two families that were put on this earth to give life. And God wants more than anything at this Christmas time for you to be a carrier of life and a giver of life to other people. You see, in this Christmas season, you have an opportunity to show the love of Jesus to others. And so many of us are planning out our Christmas dinners and we're planning out the list that we've got to go and buy and we're thinking about all the 48 breakups that we've got and the 14 kid graduations that we've got to go to and and all of the family dues that are coming up and all of the different things that are on our list and coming in our path. But more than any of that, God wants us to focus on how we're gonna show the love of Jesus to others. And so many of us will think, well, that's not me. I'm too old, I'm too young. I know too little, I'm too inexperienced, I know too much, I've tried it before, it's not worked, I've never tried it before, I don't know if it will work. And God's contrasting these two stories to show you this is a message for everyone. You see, when we go to the story of Zechariah, it says that he was a religious man, he was a spiritual man, he followed all of the laws, he was a priest. And then we go to Mary. Well, Mary, right there in the next story, is a nobody. It doesn't say she was picked because she was super spiritual or knew all the Scriptures or lived pure or did everything right. It says that they, cho- they were chosen equally. Well, then we go to the, another contrast. There's one family that's tried everything. They've tried everything to have a baby and then there's another family that haven't even tried yet. You see, some of us have said, I've tried sharing Jesus with others and they've never wanted to know. I've tried to be kind to them and they never accept my kindness. I've done it all before. I've heard all the messages. I've tried every Christmas. I've tried every carols and they're not interested. Then there's others of us that have wanted to share our faith but have never shared our faith because we're so worried. What if someone doesn't wanna hear? What if they say no? What if they don't believe? He's contrasting these two stories. We see... One person in this story that's really old, Zachariah's probably about 60 years old here in this story. Yes, I did this in the first service and we saw, 
Maybe he's 90 years old or 99 years old. Are we happy with that? He's not 60. 60 is incredibly young. Is everyone okay with that? Yeah, we're on the same page now. We're all friends and family. He was around 99 years old. Very young. 60 would be young, 99 would be old. And then we see Mary, who's maybe around 16 years old. One's seemingly too old, one seemingly too young. But this life-giving message is for everyone. And God's plan is to use every one of us to show the love of Jesus to others. You see, we said before, Paul says these, this treasure that we have is found in jars of clay. See, these jars of clay weren't pots of gold. They were common, they were ordinary, they were probably cheap. They were easily broken, easily cracked. But God puts treasure in what seems common and ordinary. You see, our world does the opposite. If we're the jars, well, our world puts all of the attention on the vessel. Our world polishes the vessel. Our world takes selfies with the vessel. Our world Botoxes the vessel. Our world loves to focus on the vessel because everything's about the vessel. But the point of us not being perfect was that it was never about us, it was about the treasure that we have. And you might be here and you've been around for a long time, but that's actually the gift that God gave you. And if you're here and you haven't been around for long, that's the gift God gave you. You might be here and you're really old, 99 plus, and that's the gift and grace God gave you. You might be here and you're really young, that's the gift God gave you. You might be here and you've no scripture, that's the gift God gave you. You might be here and you know nothing, that's the gift that you have in your hands. Use it so that other people would know Jesus this is for you. You might be cracked, you might be broken, you might not be whole, but the treasure you have is eternal life, is hope forevermore, is the purpose and plans God has for you to share the love and grace of Jesus with others. The love that He has for you is no less than the love that He has for others. Our responsibility is to share it in this season. See, both of these people are visited by an angel. Both of these stories are promised a son. Now, there is no angel here, but maybe some of you are thinking, he looks like one. Yep, a mangel for sure. And maybe it's not a promise of a son, but maybe it's a promise from God that there's a chance to multiply, the chance to share Jesus, the chance for other people to know. In both of these stories, we see both families are unfit for what God has for them. You might be here today and you feel like, I couldn't be used by God. I couldn't be called by God. I couldn't be loved by God. Yet He chose you. And both ask the same question. They both say, how? When they hear they're called to sh share Jesus and point to Jesus, they both ask how. And I wanna say the question of how is okay. You just have to do three simple things. Can I share them with you today? Are you doing well? So how do I share Jesus and how do I point to Jesus this Christmas? Well, the first way is by not just using words. The first way is not by, just not by using words. There'll come a time where you need to, but it doesn't start there. It says in Luke 1.18, the angels just said to Zechariah, you're gonna have a baby. And the angel then says to Zechariah, uh, the angel says, Zechariah, Elizabeth will fall pregnant. And Zechariah says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. Do you notice how wise he is here? 
He says, I'm old, but he would not call his wife old. He just says, she's well along in years. A few years ago, I made a big mistake at Christmas. I bought Shans a gym bag, gym shoes, and gym clothes, except she was neither going to the gym nor wanted to go. She saw it as the ministry of hints. Can I say that present did not get received very well that Christmas at all. I was less wise than Zachariah. He says, I'm incredibly old, but my wife, oh, she's well, well along in years. Then the angel said, because he's asking, how can this happen? The angel says, well, I'm Gabriel. And I literally stand in the presence of God. He's like, you're asking me how this can happen? Do you not see who's standing here before you, giving you this message? I literally come from God Himself saying that you're gonna fall pregnant. But because, and I've sent you, I've come, been sent to give you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what was said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. See, Zechariah hears the news. He argues with the angel. The angel says, well, if you're not gonna believe me, I'm gonna make you silent. And Zechariah goes to respond and is like. <laughs> and nothing comes out of his mouth. Can I just shut your eyes for a moment? Shut your eyes for a moment. I wanna do a poll, but if you answer with the person next to you looking, you might be in trouble. Who wishes someone in their family could be rendered silent for maybe nine months? Yeah, there's a few hands there, there's a few hands there. Open your eyes. No one answered. Let me say this today. When it comes to sharing Jesus, some of us need to stop arguing, stop talking, and just do it. Some of us need to stop talking and just do it. You see, Zechariah was called to multiply. He was called to, invited to, welcomed to, instructed to go and have someone that would point to Jesus. And he and his wife are very old. And possibly as they get older and older, the motivation for intimacy drops off. There's probably some young kids in the room, so you, just you can read through what I'm saying here. The motivation and energy, and they haven't been able to have kids. They've tried for many years and it hasn't worked, so now the motivation is even less. And Zechariah needs to be intimate with his wife, but the motivation's gone. I say for some of us, the longer we know Jesus, the more familiar we get and the motivation to share Jesus drops off. The longer we know Him, and the less times we've seen someone respond and find Jesus, the less confident or motivated we are to help them have life. So now, he has to draw near to his wife Elizabeth, and he can't say anything. He can't ask her, read between what I'm saying here. He can't invite her, he can't instruct her, he can't tell her, he has no words. He has to woo her, he has to love her. He has to show kindness to her. He has to invite her without saying a word. The truth is sometimes you won't know what to say when it comes to sharing Jesus. And here's the truth, 
You might think, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a preacher, but no one wants to be preached at. When it comes to sharing Jesus, it's not about what you say, it's about how you treat people. It's about how kind you are to people. It's about how you look at people. It's about the kind, the joy you show to people. It's about the generosity you give to people. I mean, when we do these, this opportunity to give out these gifts, it won't be the words we say, it'll be the action we give. It won't be about the preaching we do, it'll be about the moment of generosity and the small number of words that follow. There'll be a connection to Jesus, but it's about being generous just because we're called to be generous. You see, Zacchaeus couldn't say anything, even if he wanted to, there was nothing that would come out, but he must have been so deliberate in his kindness that Elizabeth was willing to respond and it brought them to a place of intimacy that ultimately saw them see multiplication and growth like had never happened before. Life came not because of what he said, but because of what he did. Can I encourage you? This Christmas, it may not be all the words you say and all the messages you give and all the preaching you do that people will know the love of Jesus. It might be that there's a joy on the inside of you when no one else has joy. I mean, when you're going through Tea Tree Plaza in the madness of shopping and you're trying to get a car park or you're going into the city or you're going to see that family member that you don't wanna see, there's gotta be a joy on the inside of you because whether you realise it or not, you're either showing Jesus or you're showing something else. There's gotta be a smile on your face. There's gotta be an invitation in you, a generosity in you, a love in you, because people are gonna see what's in you more than they're gonna hear what comes out of you. See, Zacchaeus, if he was to be obedient to his mission, Zachariah, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was his cousin up a tree. That's a different guy. Zachariah, Zachariah would have to be deliberate in kindness. The only thing I love about kids is kids grab a present. Let's grab one of these. I wanna grab something I can't break. And they, they give it a good shake because they're trying to find out what's inside of it. You see, in this last year, we've been given a big shake. In Christ, the Christmas season, you're gonna get given a big shake. And people are trying to find out what's on the inside of you. They don't wanna just read the label. They don't wanna just hear what you've got to say. They wanna see what's on the inside of you. I mean, when you squeeze toothpaste, it's a toothpaste tube, you expect to get toothpaste out. A few years ago, I've probably shared this before, but it was early in the morning and I had the lights off and I went to brush my teeth and I went and put toothpaste on my toothbrush and put it in my mouth just to realise it was actually deep heat. Not only have I done that, another morning just recently, earlier this year, I went to put breath mint in, you know, uh, uh, in the mouth, uh, this, the old spray, and I actually accidentally grabbed lens cleaner and put that in my mouth. There is no like plaque left in there. It's just burnt away. But the truth is, when you get squeezed, people are gonna see what's on the inside of you. This year, if you wanna show Jesus, it's not about what you say, it's about what you do, amen? Number two, as we get towards the end and make and come join me. Not only is it about what you do more than what you say, we see you have to be able to believe. Everyone say believe. What was the difference between Mary and Zechariah? The truth is Mary believed. It says in Luke 1.38, Mary responded because the angels come and said, you're gonna have a baby. And she says, how can I have a baby? I haven't even been with a man. But then she goes on and says, 
I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. There was no physical way. There was no natural way. There was no logical way. Yet she said, I believe if you say it, let it come true. So she then leaves there to go see her cousin. Her cousin Elizabeth is now six months pregnant. Can I encourage you? For some of you that have been waiting for an answer from heaven for a while, maybe while God has delayed, it was because someone else needed you at the right time. Maybe Elizabeth needed to fall pregnant at that very time so she could be one step ahead of Mary to help Mary on the journey. You see, God hears your prayers and because He hasn't answered doesn't mean He hasn't heard. He'll come through in His perfect time, amen? So she goes to see Elizabeth and as she sees her cousin Elizabeth, it tells us that the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth and the baby jumped in her womb. And then Elizabeth says this to Mary in verse 45. It says this in Luke 1, 45. It says, you are blessed because you, come on, you are blessed because you believed. I believe when Elizabeth said this, keep it up. I believe she was saying it loud enough for Zachariah to hear in the back room. She's like, oh, Mary, you are blessed because you believed. The Lord would do what He said He would. Well, how would I know? You go a few verses earlier, back to verse 20, when the angel was talking to Zechariah and the angel says, now since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent. So let's go back to Elizabeth's exchange in verse 45. She's like, Mary, you're pregnant right now and you can talk right now and you're here right now because you just simply believed. It was illogical. It was irrational. It's physically impossible. Yet you believe God could do what only He could do. You see, you may not believe in you, but do you believe in Him? Do you believe that He'll give you the means? He'll give you the opportunity. He'll give you the ideas. And at the right time, He'll give you the words. He'll give it, He'll anoint it, but you've got to deliver it. See, God could come and speak to Mary and He could anoint Mary, but there'd come a time and Mary had to deliver Jesus. <laughs> Ultimately, there's gonna come a responsibility in us whether we share Jesus or not. But it'll come down to whether we're willing to act it and show it and believe in it and display it more than speak it. And ultimately, do I believe He will use me? A broken, cracked, imperfect clay jar, a vessel, someone that's not to point to themselves, but to point to the treasure, the hope and the life inside of me. You see, you might be here and you think, I'm too old. No, just believe. You might think, well, I'm too young to tell people about Jesus. No, just believe. I know too much. I've tried too often. Just believe. I've never tried before and I don't know how it will go. No, just believe. I'm not confident. Just believe. There's no way. Just believe. I'm broken. Yeah, that's the point. And in you is treasure that if you would just believe He gave to you for you, but so you'd give to others, they might know the hope that you have you might be here today and you may not know Jesus. You may be here and you're doing life and life might be okay, it might be tough, it might be good, but you know there's something missing on the inside. 
You might be here and you know something in this life is missing. I wanna tell you, it is the one that made you, created you, loves you, made a plan for you, has a purpose for you and gave his life for you. And today, all you've got to do is believe. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how perfect you are. It's not about how young you are. It's not about how old you are. It's not about the family you grew up in. It's not about your experiences. It's just that there is a God that made you, designed you and has good for you. And today, if you would receive His love, I believe you can have grace for all the things that's gone wrong in your life. There's a peace that can go with you all the days of your life. It's not that you'll be better than anyone else. It's not that you'll have it all together. It's that you'll have a person and His name is Jesus that loves you, has good for you, will lead you and guide you and help you to walk into the life He has for you, to give you the peace you've been searching for, the joy that you need in your life. Like I look at my little niece, Liddy, and I just think she can't be an accident. God, look at how wonderful she is and how purposeful God designed her, how beautiful she is. And I can't think she was just a mistake. I look at her and go, there must be a God that intentionally created, loved and designed her for joy and for peace and for hope. And although we live in in this broken world to surround her with people that could care for her, love her, walk with her, nurture, heal and restore her as a picture of God the Father who wants to love you and nurture you and forgive you and restore you and guide you all the days of your life. And all you have to do is believe. There is a God that made you. There is a God that has a plan for you. There's a God that has good for you. And today, if you don't know Him, these are nice gifts, but they don't compare to the gift of eternal life. That ultimately one day when you shut your eyes once and for all, where will you be? When this life is over, where will you spend eternity? The only way you can have eternal life and that confidence is through Jesus. The only way you can live this life with peace and hope and, lo- and joy and grace is Jesus. Today, He wants to give you life. Maybe like Zechariah, you're like, it's too, I'm too far gone. No, it's never too far gone. Might be like Mary and say, I don't know enough. It's not about what you know. Is God saying today, He loves you and He's inviting you into a relationship with Him. Right across this place, just bow your heads. If you don't know Jesus, He knows you. He loves you. And today He's inviting you into a relationship with Him. Forgiveness for all you've done wrong. Hope for every day going forward. Found in a simple prayer that says, I believe in you and invite you into my life. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, 
purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.